I think uh, as soon as, as soon as we can play gigs anywhere in the world, we'll be going there to play some gigs. Yeah. But in the meantime, I guess we'll just keep ourselves busy. We'll probably just write another album or something. <laughs> something else to do. So yeah. might have two or three Hockey Dad albums in a couple of years. You're listening to Having a Chat on CJRU in Toronto, the show where we take interesting people with interesting taste in music and talk to them about the music that they love. All right, so anybody who knows me and has known me over the last few years knows that one of my favorite bands is an Australian garage rock duo called Hockey Dad. Since discovering them about four years ago, they have been a constant fixture in my personal playlists. They've got a new album out today called Brain Candy, and I'm very excited to have Zach and Billy with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, lads, uh, really appreciate you taking the time. It's nice to see you both again. Um, <laughs> and um, so we're gonna kick it off with uh, with one of your tunes, with uh, with your your newest, or it won't be your newest one this airs, but uh, your newest song at this point uh, in this state. Um, this tune seems a bit heavier than some of your other songs. Um, Particularly, you know, I mean, I Missed Out was, if I'm not mistaken, the first uh, sort of single from this upcoming record. It certainly seems heavier than that. Um, mm. what's, uh, what's, what's the song about and sort of what brought about the sort of the heavier influence? Um, I guess like when we were writing In The State, like In The State was the first song we wrote for the album. And right. I guess like we kind of, we didn't really figure it was going to go so heavy on the um with the tones and that, I guess like when we were writing it, it was a bit, bit like in the States, a bit more of the straightforward, like kind of like what we always do, just like pretty, just like flat drums and just like real right. chuggy cars and stuff, like kind of just picking at what we usually do. But I guess it wasn't until we got into the studio of John and we had a bit more time in the studio. So I think that was kind of just like, we had a bit more time to actually experience just heaps of different amps, heaps of different tones. And we'll kind of right, right. like, all time to dial in a really like to the T sound that we were kind of chasing, and then it, right. it just eventually that it kind of yeah the guitars got super chunky. Um, yeah, I think yeah. it was like mostly the riff, the chorus riffing in this state. That was like one of the first things that we kind of came up with. Yeah, with like the open string, and it's more just like octave like string playing. That that kind of like just went heavier and heavier. I think it just became right. more like impactful. So yeah. Yeah. That kind of just came naturally. We were, it was already a really fast, like in your face kind of quick song. So right, I think, right. uh, yeah, the heaviness of that chorus kind of, it almost slows it down, but it makes it heavier. I don't know. I think we just wanted to make that right. pop much as it could. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and so something that I, you know, I, I talked to you guys about this last time we chatted, but uh, you know, you write all these personal songs. So what, and this song clearly, at least my interpretation of it is that it's no exception to that. Like what, what's this tune about? I mean, you know, if it's too personal, I mean, you know, don't give away any <laughs> secrets perhaps, but uh, you know, what, what's, what's the sort of feeling that you're trying to convey with, uh, with this tune? 
I mean, in this state, it, I don't know if it was really personal on either of our ends, but I know, like, uh, I guess it's kind of just... Oh, shit, my fridge is open. Sorry, you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, if we're going to be honest, I don't write lyrics. I just play drums. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, he's going, bro. Help me. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of about... Uh, maybe maybe post breakup, maybe post first meeting. It's like you're in this weird. Uh, are we friends? What are we like? Kind of situation. It's this weird hazy area. Right. You kind of want to commit yourself to a person, but you don't really know what what they're all about. Right. What For sure. Going to be like. I guess it kind of like falls into that category. Right. So something that we talked about with a number of the guests on the show is this idea that like you there's sort of a spectrum when it comes to writing personal songs where, you know, sometimes you can just be like super literal and like literally telling a story about something that's gone on. And then in other cases, you're, you're more just like trying to describe like a feeling so that kind of anyone can sort of put their self into that yeah. feeling. Does this song fall more into that kind of category? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially with me, like I could, it could be in the set. It could be the same song, and like one line is really personal to me, and then the next line means nothing to me. Right. It's kind of like kind of uh, chip in and out of like a song where, like some bit, some like verse of the song are about something, some are about completely others. Right. And some are personal or not. But yeah. Um, yeah, for this one, I guess it was kind of like that. We were just more going for that feeling and trying to paint paint a picture. Yeah. Uh, rather than going for a real literal yeah. um, storytelling vibe. In right. terms of the songwriting too, like we'll generally put down the guitars first, we'll put down the drums first and the lyrics kind of end up just being, I don't know, like obviously like say we had that riff, we had the frantic, you know, riff, we had the frantic drums that like we kind of just yeah. like, feel like the lyrics would have just come from because that's how we'll feel. Yeah, the lyrics kind of come from the energy of the song. Like, yeah. Like, right. So the lyrics first trying to tell a story. Yeah, we kind of hockey dad at least I think relies a lot on the music to bring out the feeling in you, then right. brings out lyrics. Yeah, there's never like a full like. Obviously, there's some songwriters that are, you know, this is the story and that's exactly what this song means, kind of thing. Right. But I guess, like you said, like I guess a lot of our listeners just go, they put their selves into that spectrum and they just they right. put their yeah. own twist. And that's on what it, I, yes. I kind of like that yeah. as well. I think I prefer people to put themselves yeah. in it. Yeah. Rather than trying to focus on what I was doing, because most of the time it doesn't mean shit to me. Kind <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> like I'm getting stuff. And, yeah. yeah. So sometimes, it, yeah, it could be a really personal line, and then two lines later, it's just gibberish. Just yeah, yeah. doesn't mean yeah. anything. All right. Kinda well, cool. uh, what's that? Kind of cool to blur the lines and just make. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. All right. Well, with that, this is "In This State" by Hockey Dad on CJRU.
All right, you just heard In This State by Hockey Dad on CJRU. And uh, before we get into the song picks, um, something that uh, we did for the first time uh, with Goodbye Honolulu, because we, we usually do a lightning round of questions, but it kind of gets a bit cumbersome when you're doing it with two people, sort of going <laughs> back and forth and whatnot. So what we did and what we're going to keep doing when we have uh, you know full bands on is I'm going to name a song and you guys tell me between the two of you who would be the most likely to cover it. Does that okay. sound good? <laughs> um, so first one is Toxic by Britney Spears. Uh, yeah, me. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was my ringtone in like primary school. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be super fun because like when we do a DJ set, this is when these kind of songs shine. Like right. Zach will the cheesiest stuff and then I'll try to be cool <laughs> and then it just like it just goes weird it's a super yeah, yeah. weird for yeah. sure all right next <laughs> one is uh american idiot oh that was probably me I yeah remember. i'd say yeah because yeah, yeah you're more on the on the pop punk wave yeah on that <laughs> realm hey <laughs> yeah, that album got a smashing when i was younger for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure, man. Um, all right, and Dancing Queen by ABBA. Ooh, I feel like that's your vibe. Yeah. I think you can rock that. Yeah, that's like my old man. That's like a karaoke Billy vibe. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. My old man. Oh, both of those love ABBA, actually. So that's, yeah. Yeah, Kudos. all right. Um, Party Rockers in the House tonight is what I think it's called by LMFAO. <laughs> Uh, um, well, who sings that fucking song again? I can't remember. It's uh, LFAO is the name. Uh, of the oh, man. I guess probably you if you got lit enough, hey? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's an easy song to sing. Um, and then uh, last up is Wonderwall. Oh. Yeah, I'll take that on around again yeah. any day. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, so we're gonna get into your song choices now, and uh, thanks for yep. thanks for picking these. Um, so the first up is uh, UMI Purple Sneakers. Uh, what do you like about this tune? I just like the earliest memories I've got from UMI would just be driving around in Zach's dad's old work here, going to check the surf or going for a surf, and like Zach's dad would just be hammering this band, being like, "This band is awesome," kind of thing. Like always, just playing it, and we'd always hear it, and I like yeah. that was just. First time we really, well, obviously got introduced that we were pretty young at that point. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then eventually we just started like listening to them heaps. And then we kind of, I think we, we didn't cover them, or we did cover them eventually before Splendor. Yeah, was I think before, so. Yeah, so we covered, we, for like a, um, it was like a compilation, I think. Right. I can't remember what the compilation was for exactly, but um, we covered Purple Sneakers and that was like, because we were so, like, we just listened to that for years and kind of thing. We right. were just like, we're so excited to cover it. And then, yeah, and then eventually, like, we played uh, Splendor in the grass, like a big festival in Australia. And yeah. then we had Tim Rogers from, um, from Purple Sneakers, <laughs> from UMI, come and play with us, which was pretty Oh, sick. no way. All Purple Sneakers. Yeah, that was kind of like yeah. a full Lifetime Achievement Award vibe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I grew up my whole life. My dad's a massive fan and, like, yeah. loved him. He was a big fan, like when they started in the '90s and stuff. So I always grew up around this song. I had this song like a million times at my yeah. house. So yeah, it's always been special to me. And this band, I just love this band more and more as I right. get older. 
Definitely. So something that we, we talk a lot about on the show is like um, the influence that parents have on your taste in music. And like, you know, a lot of the time we have people on the show whose parents are musicians and there's sort of this like weird spectrum where like, you know, some people just completely rebel against their parents' music taste. Some people just totally adopt it. Like, do you guys consider your parents to be like a big musical influence on you guys? And if so, like, what are some other bands that they've, uh, they've turned you on to? Yeah, I feel like definitely um, my old's had a massive record collection. So I think like I didn't really, when I was younger, I wasn't very like, you know, they weren't going like, listen to this, listen to this. Like it wasn't right. until I just stole all of their records and started listening to what right. they listened to. And then that was kind of when I got like, oh, okay, this is what, you know, this is cool. Like, or this was cool when they were listening to it kind of thing. Yeah, and then thing sure. of things too, like as much as my parents, had somewhat of an influence. Like my siblings were kind of... Yeah, Billy think, has yeah. a lot of... Billy's the youngest. He's got a lot of older siblings who are like much older than him. So yeah. he had like right. five parents growing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there heaps of like over the years, like just so many. Like I think my siblings got me into like Supertramp and like 10CC and like all those kind of wacky old bands. But then like right. my siblings got me into like just Pennywise and No Effects and like all those kind of... MXPX and all those kind of punk bands right. that was like a massive thing at the time so like that's probably why I have such a broad taste in music because I can just go from yeah Super Tramp to Pennywise real right. quickly yeah, yeah I think that's what shaped me when I was a bit younger but yeah, you've got Zach, what other bands have your has your dad shown you yeah well it's it's weird my dad never like would come up to me and be like listen to this band check them out he would just right. play it the same thing and I'd have to kind of figure it out myself <laughs> Right. <laughs> when I was younger, maybe like early teens, I kind of thought his music taste was a bit lame. And then I got older and I was like, fuck, he was right. All this shit is yeah. so good. <laughs> and there's like so many bands that I've just grew up listening to and I listen to now. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't like this when I was younger. But band, like Paul Kelly was a massive one. My dad was a mm. huge fan of Paul Kelly. And bands like Tism. It's like yeah. weird Australian bands from the 90s and 80s that I just fell in love with. They were kind of the, the ones that he got me into. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Alrighty, well this is UMI with Purple Sneakers on CJRU.
Uh, All right, you just heard Purple Sneakers uh, by UMI. If you're just joining us, we are here having a chat with Hockey Dad. And uh, next up, guys, we've got Flat Duo Jets with uh, Crazy Hazy Kisses. How'd you find out about these guys? Um, I found out about them. I think I watched some sort of documentary with the White Stripes in it. And Jack White was talking about this band and I never heard of them, but they were another two-piece that kind of influenced the White Stripes. And the White Stripes were a big influence on me. So I checked them out. And like, there's a documentary as well. I just watched literally like two days ago. um, On the singer of this band, Dex Romweber. And he's just like the wildest character. Mm, This weird kind of like psychobilly country. Like the guy sounds like Elvis Presley, but he's from like the late 80s to early 90s in this strange time for uh like 50s music right um, they were just a two-piece and i don't know they had this crazy wild sound that we kind of we kind of started off as hockey dad emulating this band right i think while we figured out we weren't that good at it and figured like you know figured our own thing out yeah this was kind of like the first stuff like first two-piece stuff that i really got into and really like spoke to me this band's awesome yeah yeah and i think like production wise too like all of their recordings are just so scratchy. Like they're like rude. Like it's to the point where you're like, how could you like, like um, you try to turn it up, but it just pierces your ear. Like it's so scratchy. Yeah. Like, but that was the beauty of it, I think. And that was when yeah. we were like doing our first demos and stuff. We weren't afraid to, we weren't trying to be the clean polished shit. Like we were just like, yeah. let's just play garage and make it super rude. And just like, yeah, I think that's, that definitely helped us shape like, to get our tone, I guess, like right. we weren't afraid to just be a two-piece because I think that was kind of obviously being a two-piece at the start. It was just guitar and drums, like, and that's yeah. pretty damaging for the ears <laughs> to begin with. So, but, um, yeah, I think that definitely helped a lot too. But yeah, I de- definitely recommend uh, the Flat Duo Jets have like a compilation album called Safari. I don't think it's on Spotify, but it's on YouTube. and It's like some of the good, best stuff, like, I think one of the songs, it's my favorite song on there, but he's like halfway through singing this like old country song in a hallway, you can hear it. And then some guy, janitor walks in and tells him to be quiet. And they just like that. On the- <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, I love these like little accidents that can happen um, just like when recording yeah. and it's kind of just makes it a little bit goofy and shit. And it, and it kind of just like adds to that sort of lo-fi sensibility of just kind of not really giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just makes it super real. Yeah, for real. So um, you mentioned that these guys are a two-piece and, you know, they are obviously a huge influence on the White Stripes, um, another massive two-piece, and you guys are obviously a two-piece. Um, what was that decision like? I mean, like, at what point did you just decide, like, fuck it, let's do just the two of us? Was it always, was the idea always just to have the two of you or did you sort of run through a bunch of different versions uh, I guess just tell me about how it came to being just the two of you. Yeah, so like I, there was a local band at the time called Mother and Son um, and they're like really good friends of ours now. But when we were just starting to like really just play together and like kind of we were just figuring it out, like it was super early on that we were kind of like, okay, we should do this kind of direction and do this band. And it was just the yeah. two of us, obviously. But it wasn't until we saw Mother and Son play that like we just snuck into like a gig and eventually saw them and we're like we we're like whoa like these guys are a two-piece and they were doing like a similar thing kind of like the just old school kind of garage music and they're just like yeah. killing it and then we we're like 
man, if they can do it as a two-piece, why can't we? So, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a realisation that you only needed two if you really wanted to do it. Mm, you can yeah. make it work. And people still enjoyed it because I think, yeah, it was a bit spooky, like trying to go for a two-piece and we'd never really seen many two-pieces play. So yeah. it's hard to how everyone would take it and if it would really sound any good. But yeah, after seeing Mother and Son play, they were kind of like our favourite band and we went, well, shit, they can do it. That's kind of what we wanted to do. Look like mm-hmm. they're having like fun on stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it seems like two pieces are really like kind of becoming, you know, a thing. Like there's there's lots of them here. I think that, uh, you know, you guys are, are really blazing the trail uh, as well. But I'm, I'm interested in sneaking into gigs, if we can sort of circle back to that. Um, <laughs> So maybe could you tell us some stories of, uh, you know, maybe one for each of you of a time you've snuck into a gig? I just remember like, well, this is how we initially met our manager, Dan. So like the venue in uh, Wollongong was called Yours and Ours. And when it was Yours and Ours, Dan was working at the bar at Yours and Ours. And then I was like 15, 16, like to get into a gig is obviously 18, like drinking age in Australia. So like, and then you were like on the cusp of, you were like 17. 17, man. Yeah. yeah. And then there's all these bands like just coming through that like, we're kind of getting into the current, you know, like the bands coming out of Melbourne coming up and we're like, we got to see them. Like they're like our favorite bands. So it's like, we'll just be sitting at the front for ages, like just kind of kicking there, like just waiting and waiting. And then. Yeah. It was quite a, it's quite a small venue. Like it's just one room. And then the door's right there. So you can hear the bands fine from just outside. Mm, right. So we would like camp up at the front door and stand there for like four hours and just listen to these bands. <laughs> Damn, and wow. Then, yeah, one night we went to see this band from Melbourne called Hunting Grounds. So we really want to see them. They're like our favourite band. And we waited outside for about three hours while all the opening bands played. And then the guys from Yours and Ours finally kind of like come out and were like, come on in, just don't have a beer, go sit in the corner, you can watch it. <laughs> so that was kind of real nice of them to let us in. Yeah, it was kind of just like a, yeah, I don't know, they just felt bad by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. and we, we, they would only let us in for like the, the last like two songs or something too, so yeah. we'd be like, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just oh, you guys are super well behaved. That's very. You guys really took the sort of you know the proper approach. You just waited yeah, outside like good boys and like sneak through any entrances or anything. Yeah, that was. I guess I kind of. Yeah, that helped. And then yeah, obviously all that crew are just like our best mates and Dan's yeah. our manager and the blokes from yours and ours like they're our label, like half our label and right. yeah, crazy to what that started out as like just us yeah. sneaking into the show and then yeah, now we're real. all doing it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, this is flat duo jets, uh, with crazy hazy kisses on CGRU. Baby, 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 baby,
Um, Alrighty, you just heard flat duo jets with crazy hazy kisses. And uh, next up, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go country. Uh, we've got a tune by Conway Twitty. Um, guys, how did you hear about this? If I mean, I heard about him through Family Guy. Did you guys hear about him prior to Family Guy, or was there? A- <laughs> no, that cutaway segment from Family Guy is still one of the funniest things ever. Uh, yeah, that was the first time I heard of him, and like yeah. definitely. But since then, we've kind of like recently anyway, we've been going so deep into country and we've been loving it really. Like just the songwriting, the the delicacy of playing quiet too, because we've never really got into that much, but we're kind of enjoying playing quiet now. Just the production of all the stuff. Like we've been loving like just slides and just yeah. like real decorative stuff. So like we've been loving listening to country. And I think, yeah, definitely for the new record, yeah. Like myself, I haven't listened to Conway Twitty that much, but Zach's been smashing him. He's, yeah, yeah I, I heard about him. Like the first time I heard his name would probably on, be on Family Guy. And I thought it was like, I thought back then he was a joke as well. I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> then, like I bought this Loretta Lynn. I'm a big fan of Loretta Lynn. So I bought this record by her and it was her and Conway Twitty both singing some songs. Mm, right. And I looked at that and I realised like how good he was. And he's got a lot of older songs that were kind of, he was kind of more like 50s, like doo-wop earlier on. He did some cool right. stuff like, uh, what's the song? Hallelujah, I Love Her So. That's a good one. It's like real quick and upbeat. But then he's got these like other, yeah, classic country songs and he's got a really good voice. So I just love it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. So we had uh, we had Toby from Skeggs on the show and he was uh, he was talking about how you guys have sort of been chatting country lately and sort of sending each other tunes back and forth and stuff um but we also just talked about like the influence of country so like how you know like starting with the sort of 
more nitty gritty garage rock tunes. What influences are you able to sort of draw from country and sort of mix into your uh, into your tunes? I think for me, it's uh, simplicity. The simplicity of most country music is really gripping for me, and I really like mm-hmm. it. And I think uh, lyrically, it's really good storytelling. I've yeah. never been able to tell a story like like country singers can, and like mm-hmm. that's kind of what I've try to work on and I've been like, you know, soaking that in good storytelling in the lyrics and that like with simplicity and like the music, that's really all you need to mm. kind of shine like, the lyrics really shine through more. So I think that's, they're like the influences I've been trying to take from a lot of country music. Just keep it simple, stupid and yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it, is there any influence that you're, that you're able to draw from Billy on the drums? Definitely, hey, I think that's all, with most country records, the drums are just like chugging, you know, it's like, it's yeah. drums and bass that are just sitting there locking in and that's like, yeah. I think that's obviously the same thing, just like taking it back and, you know, like I feel like as fun as it is playing a super loud set and going crazy, like I feel like we are, now that we've got our friend Steve, he's, um, so he's played bass on all of our records so far, like Travis. Yeah, bass. Steve, you would have met Steve. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, now that he's playing with us, like, obviously it's got that extra element to it now. And I think right. like we are able, it was weird playing quiet when there was just two of us, but I think now that we've got the three of us, we can kind of lock it in a bit more. And Yeah, we kind of have the yeah. ability to turn it down a little bit. We can yeah. turn it up louder, but we can also play a bit quieter and right. make it sounds nice. Yeah, for sure. A bit yeah. more room to experiment with i think yeah yeah nice. for real for real all right love that well anyway uh this is uh you know maybe i'll do it family guy style ladies and gentlemen mr conway twitty <laughs> the old hometown looks the same as i step down from the train and there to meet me was my mama and my papa and down the road I looked, and there runs Mary, hair of gold and lips like cherry. It's good to touch the green, green grass of home. Yes, they've all come to meet me, arms are reached, smiling sweetly. It's so good. To touch the green, green grass of home The old house is still standing Though the paint is cracked and dry And there's that old oak tree that I used to play on Down the lane I walk with my sweet Like cherry, it's good to touch the green, green grass of home. Then I wake and look around me at these four gray walls that surround me. And I realize that I was only dreaming. For there's a guard. And there's a sad old Padre 
Arm in arm, we'll walk at daybreak. Then again, I'll touch the green, green grass of home. They'll all come to see me in the shade of that old oak tree as they lay me neath the green, green grass of home. Um, all right, you just heard Green, Green Grass of Home by Conway Twitty. Uh, we are here having a chat with Hockey Dad. Uh, next up, you've got a tune by uh, by Silver Jews. Uh, what can you tell us about them? I've uh, camo from from this band, Bad Dreams. We're in Europe. We're on the road in Europe. And Silver Jews, I think, was Stephen Malkovich from Pavement and someone else. I can't remember the guy's name, but he just, he passed away recently, about a year ago. Mm, right. And died. I think I was listening to a lot of Pavement then and uh, Alex from Bad Dreams, one of our friends, sent me this band. He was like, check him out. This guy was in this band and this guy that just died sings this song. And yeah, I just fell in love with it. We're on the road and I would listen to this song in the van every day. Just yeah. so pretty and the lyrics are like fantastic. I don't know. I just fell in love with this band. Yeah. That was another production-wise too. Just... There was so much attention to detail in that song particularly. And I think like the lyrics and the way that he's singing is just so like contrast to what the music's doing as well. And I think that right. was kind of, I feel like that kind of sparked a thing into when we went into the studio, we were like, we could really dial in some sounds and like just try and make it a bit weird and wacky. Like I think yeah. that's kind of, once we went down that path of just like, just being able to experiment, I guess. I think that was kind of a cool thing to do as well. Just yeah, like ignited, like, why not just go a little weird, do yeah, some weird sure. Yeah. There's like so, a weird uh, wah going on the guitar, the whole, the whole song. It's so sick. Yeah. Right. Well, so I love this idea of like learning about new music sort of in the van on the road. Um, what are some uh, like go-to sort of road tunes for you guys like you know traveling across canada across the u.s europe australia what do you uh sort of throw on the ox i mean yeah. I've, got, I've got literally got my my top spotify players in front of me right now yeah a bit of beck i love listening to beck beck's mm. good on the road uh what else Sheermag, like they've Sheermag. been smashing their albums there like always that's always like a front to back listen like yeah right. i can always great. do like a parquet courts record yeah. Front to back on in the van. That's always right. fun. I think country is real good for the road too. Yeah, yeah it's like every song's a little bit different, but you don't have to try. You don't have to listen too hard to get it. I think it's yeah. So, but an extension of this question, then, like the idea of like you know songs in the in the van is walk on music. What's you know a song that you guys like to walk out to uh, at your shows? Oh man, we've had some absolute hits like it's been so funny we always it's like it's such a weird thing to have a discussion about but we're always like now nah, this song this song like it was just like right. the two of it like, it's a bit of a tussle like, yeah which one we gotta go for. Uh, corn blind has always yeah. been a huge one for us <laughs> it's like such a good lead up like just anything that's kind of like i always like the heavier ones like we've walked out to some crazy hardcore before and I, like some of yeah. them just like yeah people like they're just like why yeah, i think like a shock to the 
work on some like something much heavier that just like pricks your ears up and gets you ready to yeah. go. They're Slipknot, the best ones. actually, what's that Slipknot song? Is it Before I Forget? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, a lot of yeah. corn. Slipknot, uh, Limp Biscuit is made of you. <laughs> So that actually, biscuit actually, yeah. But then we've done some like, funny ones that are just like I think you've done like Justin Timberlake one night. That was crazy. Yeah, just, like yeah, just real weird, obscure like pop. Like sometimes pop songs go really well. Oh yeah, we did like the uh, uh, the Venga Bus. Venga Bus. We're yeah. doing that for a bit on the tour. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. parties. Really, the yeah, best for real. Just gotta get people <laughs> stoked. Alrighty, well, uh, this is uh, this is Silver Jews with people on CJRU. Baby, don't stay inside. Everybody's 
All righty, you just heard Silver Jews with people. We are here having a chat with Hockey Dad. Next up, of course, is our CanCon segment. Uh, 30% of the content on Canadian radio has to be Canadian, so we're going to play uh, three songs off of a Canadian album. And uh, guys, what have you picked for us? We've chosen Goodbye Honolulu because we were so excited to play with those. Like, we were so excited to play with them. But obviously, with the COVID restrictions, we've had to cancel the tours. And we're really upset that we can't play with Goodbye Honolulu because, yeah, they just seem like great guys. And we would have been, it would have been an absolute pleasure to play with them. Yeah. yeah. So I'm interested, like, how, how did you guys come to, come to know about them? We, um, I think it was through our, our US booker, I'm pretty sure, because, like, yeah, right. Troy, yeah, he just, like, passed them on to us, and he was like, yeah, listen to these guys, because they're really good. And then I think we might have even brushed over when we were hanging out with you guys. When we yeah, in, maybe, maybe. I think we were, like, there was, there was some sort of, like, when, they, when the name got mentioned, we were like, oh, yeah, like, we've definitely spoken about right. You know what? I actually think their bass player came to Cold Tea. Yeah, it was like outside cold. Maybe I don't know. I mean, like it, definitely that night was a bit of a blur. But like definitely that. Uh... Yeah, because I remember when our booker was like, "Yeah, like goodbye, Honolulu." Like they're keen to play, and that we're like, "Oh yeah, I swear we've spoken about them." Like yeah. it probably to be that night. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Since like as soon as we, as soon as the name got dropped, we're like, "Yeah, listening back to all the old records and the, a couple of EPs and that that they had." Yeah, and exactly. And like amazing, yeah. Like some of the even the the more recent stuff as well. Like the yeah. production's really good, and like you can tell that. Like I feel like their live show. Like I was really excited to see them as a live performance because I feel like the records like sounds beautiful. But I reckon as a live show, they've had a few beers in them. It would just <laughs> be shine. Yeah. it's incredible, man. Like I, I've been there. There's such an interesting case because like I've been following them since like they started um yeah. and you know much much like you guys were talking about with some of these other bands like they were a band where like you know i would like go see them and then just over the years we became friends and like you know i would book shows for them in like montreal and kingston back when yeah. you know when i was living in montreal and um yeah, but yeah you're absolutely their live shows are incredible um so like what what do you guys like to see in an opening act I think just like a bit of, you know, like just a bit of energy. I think that's always like, cause you kind of want them to get everyone, you know, not riled up, so to speak, but just like a bit more like just get yeah. everyone seen and like, if they're happy, the crowd's happy, yeah. they're happy, everyone else is happy kind of thing. And then like, yeah, it's just like a bit more of a domino effect of happiness, I guess. As long right. as they're stoked, like, you kind of can't ask for much more than that. I like uh, support bands that don't drink too much of your rider. Bring their own amps. But yeah, I think it's like an, yeah, it's definitely an energy thing. You, you need the support band to get out there and get everyone's gig hats on. Yeah. And it's a hard, it can be a hard gig being a support band, but it, it can also be like the best gig in the world, I think. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. tours. Yeah, we've definitely been on, like we've been a support for a band on a tour that, you know, we might, just be pushing you know pushing it uphill and we kind of like we're trying to like we're trying our hardest to get the crowd going and then they're just like staring at us but then right. every now and then there'll be a support band and it will just kick off and then like that gets really fun so 
it's definitely a um, yeah bit of a hit and miss sometimes. But yeah, yeah. as long as you as long as you got the energy there and you kind of like you know you're happy to be there, I think yeah. the crowd that and that makes them happy to be there as well. For sure, for sure. Well, so it's interesting. Like I, I was, I went on the road with them for a number of their dates um, with the Beaches, who are a really awesome uh, Canadian rock and roll band. That was sort of the Canadian tour that they did right before they were going to go on the road with you guys. Um, yeah. And there was certainly, I mean, like the Beaches. It was kind of funny because it was three bands, all of whom went to high school together, and all of whom are friends. But there, there's sort of like almost like a sort of tree of mentorship, where sort of there's yeah. the beaches who are the most experienced and then there's goodbye who are the next most and then fadeaways who are sort of, you know, like much more green and, uh, and sort of new to the sort of big tour game. But what are some things that you have learned from some of the bands that you've opened for that have sort of stuck with you? Man, that's a mad question. Probably like just, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to like spell it out what you learn exactly, but I think yeah. you just, you learn... I think maybe from like a frontman's perspective, you learn how to how to work with a crowd and like you kind of learn how to read a crowd and read right. what, what bands are doing and like see how people tackle different situations. And mm. I think um, like as well, like just learning to play with intensity. Like I think a lot of opening band, like a lot of bands that we've opened up for have been heavy and like, kind of given me and given us the confidence to kind of like go all in a little bit more on our performances and really like push it really like throw yourself into it. Yeah. I think early on we maybe were a little bit uh, hesitant to like, you know, really, we didn't really know how to put on a really good show. So yeah. I think we kind of learned that from just supporting all these bands over the years, you learn how to put on a better show for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think like just experiencing like the whole how a show works too, like I think that was a major thing too, kind of like even just like in terms of setting up and like getting stuff off the stage and just working out, like seeing the other, the headline, like they've, you know, like they'll have a, a tour crew, like that was so foreign to us, like having, you know, friends that actually helped them set up stage, they didn't have to be on stage at all, like, and we were like, what do you mean? We have to set up our own drum kit? Like, what the hell? <laughs> But I think that just like stuff like that, I think that you just learn those lessons and like, I don't know, it's not really, yeah, it's like no one's ever just going like, all right, this is what you do. You're kind of just like observing the yeah, night. Yeah, you got to just run into it figure yeah. it out, I guess. Hey? Yeah, which is pretty exciting too. And I guess like it, yeah, definitely differs from band to band too. You can see which ones kind of take notice and which ones don't, you know, yeah. really take much notice at all. Yeah, for real. Alrighty, well, we're going to play three songs off of Heavy Gold. This is Goodbye Honolulu on CJRU.
Well, All righty, you just heard three tunes off of Goodbye Honolulu's Heavy Gold. We are here wrapping up this hour of having a chat with Hockey Dad. Uh, and uh, last up, guys, you've got this, uh, this new single out, Good Eye. What can you tell us about it? We're very excited to put this one out because I think, yeah, it was a, um, it actually originated, the whole story was we are on tour in the US with um, our friends Cole Fronts and Mount Eddie. And we, the three of us, we all played like these batting cages in Philadelphia. Right. And that was where like, we were kind of, it was such a surreal gig because we were just on, it was like a floor show, like just super DIY kind of punk little yeah, show. And it was pretty funny, but like when we were setting up to play, like we just had free realm with the batting cages and like, we're so like, we're with baseball. Like, like, we don't know anything about nah. baseball really. So. Right. Yeah. We play cricket here. That's probably the closest thing. But um, yeah, so we were comparing like, you know, like slang that we would say for cricket and then slang that they would have for baseball. And then one of them was just like, good eye, like, you know, and it was like every, every time that Zach would miss a ball or something, they'd all be like, good eye, good eye, good cut. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Zach from Cold Fronts. He was yeah. like, every, I played like Little League and every time I would, like they would pitch and he would be so scared to swing the bat. And it would just whiz straight past him. And he's like, my old coach would just be like, good eye, good eye, good pick, good <laughs> leave. Yeah, so good leave just, yeah. yeah. And then we just kept saying good eye all to her. Like. Yeah. And right. that was, I don't know, like we, we, the entire time, it was just such a phrase that like it was stuck with us. And then I think we came back and we're up at, we're playing up in Queensland. We just got back from the States tour and we just had like a one-off show up in Queensland. And um, yeah, Zach was just, but I think we went, I went downstairs to go put, like, set the drums up or something. And then I'm coming back upstairs and Zach's like, I've got it. I've got good eye. I've just wrote it. Like, kind of thing. It was so funny. It's just, like, put that whole, that whole perspective on the paper. Yeah, I kind yeah. of just wanted to, like, have a little, like, memento for the tour. Everyone in the touring party, like, just make this stupid inside joke, an actual song and, like, kind of a gift for everybody. Yeah. It's like, I have to write a song called Good Eye Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for real i hear that yeah all right well so lads thanks so much for uh for taking the time to chat with us um and you know it, obviously your tour dates have been have been canceled but uh what can you uh, what can you tell the listeners about what you guys have got going on at the moment well we're just um gearing up to you know put out the album it's like coming out pretty soon july 31st um and yeah obviously it's super bizarre that we can't be touring right now and promoting the album that way so we're just figuring out some ways to, yeah, just get the album out and make sure everyone's still having a good time listening to it. Cause, yeah. yeah. I think uh, as, soon as, as soon as we can play gigs anywhere in the world, we'll be going there to play some gigs. Yeah. But in the meantime, I guess we'll just keep ourselves busy. We'll probably just write another album or something. <laughs> something else to do. So yeah. might have two or three Hockey Out albums in a couple of years. We'll see. All right. Brilliant. Nothing wrong with that. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, this is Hockey Dad with Good Eye on CJRU. Thanks, guys.